0: Thanks for pushing the button again that makes the podcast play. This is your weekend wine report. I'll tell you what's been in my glass. And to see pictures, as always, look up my Instagram at Tall Mike Wine. This is the Tall Mike Wine podcast. I'm your host, Tall Mike Wine. Not my actual name. My actual name is Mike Stone, at least to the vast majority of the population. I hope you're having a wonderful weekend, maybe involving good food, good drink, and good friends. Isn't it awesome when all those things come together? I'm going to share with you the wines I'm working on this weekend in a moment. But first, some updates. I feel like it's, uh, in some regards, I've sort of left you hanging with a few things I've mentioned recently. The first one was Deepak's visit to the hospital I mentioned it sort of in passing and have had a few people say to me, what the... (sighs) Which is understandable, so here's more to the story, and yes, there's a happy ending. Deepak, my boss at Nicholson Ranch, he's the owner and the winemaker, and he's been a guest here on the podcast. In fact, he was the very first guest way back in January of 2021. Look it up. Great show. Anyway... Deepak went off to Europe for a vacation, just like he's done on many, numerous occasions. The guy's a seasoned world traveler, but this time, when he got to Europe, Italy specifically, COVID was waiting for him. Deepak got COVID, and there were a few complications that led to some other complications, which put him in a hospital in Siena, Italy for a while. A lot longer than he wanted, for sure, But I guess that's just the Italian way. Stay as long as you can. So eventually, Deepak made his way back to the United States, to California, to Nicholson Ranch Winery in Sonoma. The whole experience has given him new stories to tell. And that's what life's all about, am I right? Live your life. Tell your stories another story that i told you a few weeks back was a story about sending coasters to costa rica to my pal amy the official coasters of the tall mike wine podcast my merch my swag i send them all over even to other countries but it was a peculiar task to send them to costa rica as i mentioned then the idea of street names and addresses are really not well adopted in costa rica But I packed them and shipped them, and what do you know? They arrived. Not only that, I have also convinced Amy herself to chat with me all the way from Costa Rica on this special weekend wine update of the podcast. Amy, what's going on in Costa Rica this weekend?
1: Well, this weekend in Costa Rica, the weather is good. June and July are actually kind of rainy, but then come August and September, the weather gets beautiful here in the Caribbean. The ocean's nice and flat. The rain is mostly gone, the sky is blue. So, personally, I was just doing some swimming this afternoon. I'll be doing more swimming, probably some more hiking. Swimming um, in the Caribbean—it's really, really nice. Life is good here. Life life runs at a slow pace here, but it's nice. It's good, and we're happy.
0: <laughs> if uh, if you had been fortunate enough to have had a drink at the Acme Chop House back in the middle part of the first decade of this century, I'm talking about the year 2005, you may have come across one or both of us. Amy was there as a bartender. I was also helping out as a manager. Remember that.
1: That's right. I do remember that. I remember that very well. Those are good times back at Acme Chop House. Baseball season.
0: The restaurant was right at the ballpark, and the Giants would play, and we would work every day. There was a home game. So sometimes it'd be like 13, 14 days in a row. We would work. Yeah. And then we get get lots of time off when the Giants would go out of town. And then you went off to, did you go to New York after that?
1: Yes. You know, I went briefly back to New Orleans for a A little bit less than a year. And then, yes, I ended up going to New York City. It was a bizarre turnaround there in San Francisco, then down to New Orleans for a minute, then to New York, because where I was from originally. Uh, What had happened was my mother passed away and I inherited her apartment. So that's what brought me back to New York.
0: Those apartments are really valuable in New York City. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, they are. I sold the apartment. You're absolutely right. And I was able to trade one life for another. I sold the apartment in order to buy this down here, this little, oh,
0: okay. this little
1: shim-sham I have going on. Yeah. That was the
0: next question was, how did you end up in Costa Rica? Tell me what the deal is in Costa Rica as pertains to streets and addresses. You live on a street with no name.
1: Yeah, yeah, literally, literally no name. I live on a little dirt road with no name. There's only about 12 houses on this this little road that I'm on. We here in Puerto Viejo are in such a rural area. And Costa Rica in general doesn't use an address system, which is also very strange. Like even in San Jose, someone's address might be, you know, uh, 50 meters to the left of the McDonald's on such a year. It's, it's really, it's crazy, <laughs> you know, or, or you know, I turn right at the old mango tree. Yeah, uh, my a, my actual address on, on the papers that prove that I own this property, it says right on the little thing there that there's no street name. And it says that I own the property 50 meters south of Kaya's place, Playa Negra, Puerto Viejo. That's what it says on, on, on the paper that proves I own this property.
0: I guess as Kaya's long as place. that works for everybody and everybody's cool with it, it just continues it to works. work,
1: right? You know, it works.
0: And the place you live is the Hidden Jungle Beach House. It's some sort of yes. B&B, a guest house. Are you the innkeeper?
1: Yeah the innkeeper. I'm I'm the innkeeper of of this whole little paradise, this oasis of goodness that we have going on here. So I live in a separate little house on the property. And then in the back, we have Hidden Jungle Beach House. It's kind of hard to define exactly what we are. It's it's kind of like a bed and breakfast, although I'm not cooking breakfast for people. It's kind of a co-living space. It's kind of, I don't want to call it a hostel, but it's similar in that. So everybody has their own private bedroom. But then you're sharing the bathrooms in the kitchen. There's a big, beautiful kitchen to cook in. So it's this really nice, big five bedroom Caribbean style house right here in the middle of the jungle, a minute away from the beach. So people do, we do sometimes get groups that rent the whole house. OK, so last time we had that, it was, it was three, three couples in the United States came down and they rented. They actually rented the whole entire house for a month. It was great. We all had a great, great time. Sometimes just vacationers here for a few nights. Sometimes we'll have a digital nomad here for two weeks, three weeks.
0: Digital nomad. That's somebody who can work remotely and they go there and hang out and do their Zoom calls. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And there's there's lots of different. You know, there's people who work in tech, so their job is all online. Oddly enough, I I get a fair number of people who work like in a customer service call center. But again, as long as they have an internet connection and the microphone for their computer, they can work from anywhere.
0: And the internet there is good.
1: Yeah, I yes, believe it or not, all the way out here in the jungle, fiber optic internet came to the jungle in during the pandemic. It was in the year 2020, we were on the DSL dial up before, but in 2020, fiber optic internet came all the way out here to Puerto Viejo in the jungle. And yeah, I have 200 megabits per second of fiber optic internet.
0: What's the house specialty when it comes to beverages?
1: Oh, I'll tell you what. Chili guaro is a, is a, is a house specialty around here. Chili guaro is kind of the Costa Rica the national drink. Usually people drink it as a shot. And it's based a guaro is is the the local liquor. It's kind of like a sugarcane-based liquor, sort of like cachaca. Flavor more similar to vodka. Okay. And then they make, the so the chili guaro becomes, you basically make like a Bloody Mary mix. And so you're mixing the chili guaro, you know, the guaro with the little Bloody Mary mix, and you do it as a shot. And every bar has its own recipe. You know, everybody everybody has their favorite place. Oh, my favorite chili guaro comes from this bar, comes from that bar. Not a lot of wine here in Costa Rica, I will tell you that. You can sometimes, but it's expensive when you mm-hmm. find it. When you, when you do find those good bottles, they're sure. expensive.
0: If you have the guaro, what else do you need?
1: Yeah, we got the guaro, you know this country makes some pretty good rum. And then there's all that great Nicaraguan rum coming in. Florida, Kenya is really affordable here. So, you know, just some Florida, Canya rum with some fresh coconut water is like my favorite thing in the world to drink these days. And
0: yeah. you've got all the tropical fruit too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's another awesome thing about living here. We get all these cool tropical fruits that you don't see in the United States Mainly just because they really can't be exported. ba is one example. And I wish I could, I wish I could, uh, it almost tastes like lemon meringue pie. It's this beautiful tropical fruit, really soft, similar to a guanabana or soursop, but sweeter. These are words I don't know. Uh, Guanabana, see, you will see guanabana in the United States now. And then usually at at a Latin American restaurant, they'll have it as a smoothie. So it's a really soft white, yeah, it's, it's been, yeah. ba tastes like lemon meringue pie and you can't export it. It has a shelf life of like three days. It's so delicate. It's so soft. You got to eat it where it grows, which is right here. We're so lucky for that, man. Mm
0: -hmm. Hidden jungle beach house. You have a Facebook page. You have, you have an Instagram.
1: We have an Instagram. We have a website. We have a Facebook page. You can find us just by looking for hidden jungle beach house.
0: It sounds great. I want people to look at the pictures uh, because it looks like the life.
1: It is. It's a good life. It's a good, good life. It's a whole lot of fun.
0: That is the kind of life that would make it seem like the weekend all the time. Thanks, Amy, for chatting. And just to be clear, I'm at home in my condo. No chickens here. No tropical birds or whatever Amy's got going on there. Life in paradise. What's in my glass this weekend? Well, a couple of wines are being sampled. A bit of the old world, and a bit of the new world. Let's talk about this old world wine first. I have here a wine in the Super Tuscan category, which I believe I've talked about. Simply put, in the 1970s or so, some producers in Tuscany decided to spice things up and play around with the Bordeaux grapes, blending them into the Sangiovese. Getting resistance from the Chianti Collective, they had to come up with another name for these new red table wines, and they were branded Super Tuscans. And they have become, some of them anyway, some of the more sought-after, esteemed, and most expensive wines produced in Italy. The one in my glass is amazing. From the Brancaya Estate in Maremma. The estate was brought back to life about 40 years ago when Bruno and Bridget Widmer purchased an abandoned winery. They've been at it since then, turning it into a world-class producer. This wine is a wine they call Illetraia, a blend mostly of Cabernet Sauvignon with Sangiovese and a splash of Petit Verdot. I feel as though the Petit Verdot not something you find a lot of in Italy, and just 10% in this blend really brings some beautiful color. This is a very dark, dark wine, and floral aromas into the glass. Think of the darkest violets. Now take a big smell. The wine, the 2007, is almost creamy in texture with good weight, red and black fruits. Even in a wine that's 15 years old, the fruit is still vibrant. That is some impressive crafting. Now we'll journey to the new world, California, and a region that's really still considered coming into its own, Paso Robles. The wine I have here is from Epoch Estate. It's the 2013 Estate Red Blend. Now the name Red Blend isn't all that exciting. However, what's interesting, Is the blend? It starts off fairly typical of Paso Robles. They're having great luck with the Rhone varietals down there. So there's Syrah, Grenache, and Mouvedre. Then the plot and the wine thickens with a good splash of Tempranillo. And then Zinfandel. And I'll say this it works. In a very new-world way, red fruits, tobacco, leather, earth, vanilla, lavender, bright acidity, and mouth-watering texture weaving in and out of each other. I really need to get myself down to Paso Robles one of these days. No, I've not yet been. But Epoch Estate will be first on my list of wineries to visit. I'm coming for you, Paso Robles. The Tall Mike Wine Podcast was conceived and is written, produced, edited, and maintained by yours truly. For feedback, questions, suggestions, or to request your very own set of official coasters, write to me at tallmikewine at gmail.com. I'll show you the wines I'm sipping, food I'm eating, and even the people and animals with whom I interact on my Instagram. And that's at tallmikewine.com. Show me what you're sipping Show me your hashtag sexy bottle shot And I'll follow you Do you like the podcast? Do you really like the podcast? I'm guessing the answer is yes If you're still listening this far in So help me out And rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts Let's get the numbers up Also, tell your friends Tell a few strangers If you're outgoing and that's your thing And most of all Thank you for listening. I'll be back soon with more wine, more conversation, and more fun. Enjoy your weekend. I'm Tall Mike Wine from Novato, California. Cheers.